welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Pokemon Red and Blue for the Game Boy Part 3. Pokemon Red and Blue was released in North America September 28th, 1998, in October 23rd in Australia, and then in October of 99 in Europe. Wow, really? Yeah, I thought we were done with that, man, by this point. When something as big as Pokemon, you would have thought they wanted to get it out to all shores ASAP. Yeah, I mean, get that money rolling in. This game did have a very long localization process. As you uh, may have noticed from when it came out in Japan to America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when it was localized, the team decided to rename all 151 Pokemon, all based on, you know, appearance and their attributes, but also to ensure they could trademark all 151 names. Oh, okay. Clever. Uh, But when they were translating it, they realized that they couldn't just substitute in the text. Mm -hmm. Uh, Due to, I mean, as many people know, uh, the Japanese language each character represents basically a sound or uh, phoneme that's longer than in English. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can fit a lot more words in a lot less characters. Oh, sure. That's always been a problem when translating games to English, especially when they had such small memories in the cartridges. Oh, sure. I know that was a big issue with the Seiken Densetsu 3, that there's just so much text and it was such a big cart, you know, they couldn't fit any more in. So they just didn't yeah. do it. Uh, but also, if you recall, this game took like five years, six years to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And since it was such a long and arduous process, the code was really strung out and fragile. Like it was layered on layers on layers. Okay. And they realized that there was no way of actually adding the English text in without breaking many other systems of the game. Okay. So for Pokemon Red and Blue... In America, they had to reprogram the entire game from scratch. Wow. Now, they did use, you know, they had existing art. They used all of the art from the blue Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they used the original distributions from green and red. Okay. But yeah, it was apparently a lot more work than anyone had uh, anticipated for sure. So I wonder how it stacks up versus the actual original. Like, is the newer code that they had to redo better, you know? I think so. And I think that's what they ended up using to remake versions for the future Mm. or when they re-release it, et cetera. Now, when they were doing this reprogramming and renaming all of this uh, for English audiences in the American audience, the team also asked to redesign the Pokemon. Really? Yeah. They thought that a lot, many of them were just far too cute and and they wanted like harder, more nineties, intense characters. (laughs) Uh, But they were, shot down pretty much instantly like that was a no-go for the team from japan sure well and it's like you already had to redo so much what are you <laughs> gluttons for pun like <laughs> I don't right know. why would you want to remake more more and, work? and it was a it was a concern for the american distributors that would the kids of america find these cutesy creatures acceptable yeah but i i was i read that they saw that as a challenge from you know japan and nintendo and they spent something like 50 million dollars to 
uh, blanket America with ads and whatnot, letting kids know yeah. that this was coming and going to be great. Inundation. Now, interestingly enough, from what I can find online, and I think the dates line up, the American game was preceded by the anime. Oh, really? Because uh, I found that the anime debuted in America September 8th of the same year. Oh, wow. And it makes sense that it could because, you know, it would have to start airing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. And it had already been made in Japan. They just had to translate it or dub it. Oh, they didn't want to go and redraw everything? And... Right. <laughs> well, they actually, I think, in the first season did go through and change some of the specific Japanese things into neutral or American-style things. Oh, right on. And the anime was just one of a million uh, tie-in toys, etc., that was released around the same time promoting the game coming out. Sure, sure. As many people know, these first Pokemon games, there was a torrent of merchandise that came out, but also some spinoffs. Uh, such as the collectible card game. Yeah, yeah. And it was just as huge. Yeah, it was crazy. As, yeah, the uh, cards came out in December of 1998. And I didn't realize they were published by Wizards of the Coast in America. Yeah, man. So they had the top two game. You know what I mean? They kind of invented that whole thing with Magic the Gathering. And then... And you were a, an avid Magic player still at this time? In, uh, Yeah, kind of. Not, not so much at this point because... I didn't really have anyone to play with that much. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I was more in high school and then well, I still have, well, had my card. Well, I mean, I guess I, I knew you at this time and I did not play Magic. So that lines up. Not a lot of people did. Oh, oh, my friends who did moved away to college. So it was just me. <laughs> and that card game is still going strong. I mean, I my little brother collected for it and he never even played Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Wow. I Yeah, I know my little brother had some and I remember checking it out and it seemed cool. I, again, to... You know, uh, Pokemon's detriment. I was like, oh, this is like magic for kids. Right. So I didn't really look into it too and deeply. I guess during the pandemic, like people have gone back to it along with other types of cards. Uh, so much so that when I was at the, my local Target, there was signage up one week that said you could only buy one pack. Yeah, there's it's crazy. I, I, I kind of noticed that, too. It's uh, well, and cool. the last time I was there, there was a sign up that was like, we're no longer carrying these due to threats and violence. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So I guess people are getting way into this uh, Pokemon card thing here mm. more recently. And then in uh, 1999, so the next year in Japan and then in 2000 worldwide, they released Pokemon Stadium. I vaguely remember that. And that was for the Nintendo 64. It was a cartridge that you plugged in. And it allowed you to transfer Pokemon from your cart into from your original Game Boy cart into this one to play uh -huh. in giant, uh, th I think, three on three battles in full 3D. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it looked pretty good, too, from what I remember. Yeah, and it was the I first guess. time people got to see these characters and creatures in like, you know, full like polygon form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But most importantly, it also let you play the original game on the big screen. Oh, nice. And... It even had a fast-forward feature. Oh, wow. Already? Only a year yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> so they knew even then. They knew even yeah. then. Yeah. And then there were many other Pokemon spinoffs. We had Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I recall playing a little bit of that. I think uh, uh, someone rented it. Okay, and there's a new one that has just come out, and luckily my daughter does not listen to this podcast because she will be getting it for her birthday. Oh, yeah. And, of course, there are countless sequels oh, oh yeah to this game and not to mention pokemon yellow which was the beginning of a long line of a the third that they release 
Yeah, which typically combines the two or? It combines features of the two and then usually adds some quality of life improvements and maybe fixes some bugs and et cetera. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, I was kind of looking ahead to be like, well, if I want to play the next Pokemon game or whatever in the the sequence, is it better to just skip to that or should I, you know, because do you get all of the Pokemon? Like You in... don't get all of them still. Mm. And in Pokemon Yellow, one of the big differences is you have Pikachu as your starter and it follows you around like visually. Oh, oh okay. Cool. But then uh, Pokemon Red and Blue were remade as Red and Leaf Green, Fire mm -hmm. Red, Leaf Green for the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. And then the originals were also re-released on the Nintendo 3DS. Okay. And you could use the 3DS's Pokemon Bank system to take Pokemon from them into other games. All right. So using the 3DS and downloading the older games, you can like basically pull Pokemon from every generation. And then use them versus stuff or? Yeah, or pull them into the, the newer games. And they still, they've always done that, right? That's a ongoing? In a, to a degree. Now, not every Pokemon can transfer over. Okay. But a lot of them can. Okay. And the more I talk about this, the more I'm going to get in trouble by not understanding or remembering all the facts <laughs> on the intricacies of transferring Pokemon from one system to another. There's a lot out there. Indeed. Now, Nick, when we started playing this game... I found a great scan of the Nintendo Power official guide to the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I use that as my go-to source. Did you as well? Uh, for the most part, yes. I would also, I had a bunch of charts that I would look up from various websites and FAQs. A Bulbapedia? Uh, some of it, yeah. but That's the one usually... my son says is the go-to. I, I liked it, but it's hard to parse through to find ones just for red and blue. I found it very confusing. Yeah, I was like, look, if I'm not trying to learn all of the right now, you know, but I, I found a few FAQs and stuff that I would use for charts and stuff because I didn't want to keep flipping through the same huge PDF. You know what I mean? Oh, indeed. Uh, but it was my main resource, I would say. So I didn't want to take a moment to talk about this because I feel like this or the Prima guide was essential for most early Pokemaniacs. And for those that are the Prima uh, fans, I'm sorry that version is trash. <laughs> uh, it has an amazing, horrible 90s background layout that is so busy it hurts my brain. Oh, But, I mean, come on. If there's an official Nintendo Power guide, that's the one you got to go with. Sure, yeah. And uh, let's talk about it for just a second because it is a really cool and well-put-together guide. Oh, absolutely. It's got everything you'd want. Aside from a, a very in-depth walkthrough, it's kind of does all the duties of uh, an instruction manual explaining the game and how it works and trading and and it's got a really good combat chart that lets you know like what's weak and strong against each thing yes a chart i referred to many many times yeah i screenshotted it and set it saved it so i could have it at quick quick draw on my phone oh sure yeah yeah uh but then the walkthrough portion is also really nice because i feel like it strikes a really good balance of giving you the maps you want and it's the perfect screenshot maps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not hand-drawn it shows where those areas are on that confusing map that's in the game yeah yeah but it also does a great job of telling you what pokemon are in each area and 
the big points you got to hit if you're trying to get through the story of the game. Yeah, yeah. But at no point does it tell you exactly what to do. It just gives you some ideas of this is what you want to use when you fight these guys. It has this roster of, of baddies. Absolutely. But I really appreciated it telling me like what was available in each area. As the completionist, I do want to be able to capture each creature or Pokemon that is available to me at its earliest possible time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a huge advantage in that regard because it also tell you kind of their various frequencies depending on red or blue, which one you're playing. Mm-hmm. And then after that portion, you have a full list of all the Pokemon with artwork. And I guess originally there was like stickers that you would put on each page. Okay. Like I'm guessing as you got them, I'm not sure, you know. Oh. And I really like the little charts. I wish there was an easier way to find these because it has all the information I want about each Pokemon for this game. Yeah, it's awesome. It tells you, you know, which game it's in what type it is. It gives you like this weird little rubric of its stats, which is kind of cool. In a little uh, Pentagon. Pentagon. Yeah. That's just an interesting thing I recall seeing in mm, Dragon Warrior 3. I remember being fascinated I feel like it's a very Japanese way of parsing out stats. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I do like it because it gives you a really instant visualization once you're used to it. Yes, yes. Uh, But most importantly, it also tells you what abilities or attacks it, it learns at each level. And what type of attack that is. Yeah. And of course, what level it takes to evolve. Yeah. And and it's a good looking way to cram a ton of info into a small area visually. And then in the final portion, it tells you every item, how much that cost, where they're at, all the TMs, all the HMs. I mean, all in all, this would have been such a great tool to have then. And if you're playing this now, it's also a great tool to use, I think. Yeah. I wish I would have used it more now. (laughs) As I look through, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> still learning. And to this day, they still use that uh, similar rubric for the Pokédexes that are released. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, there are more stats per each creature now, but that's just added along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are back to our gym by gym coverage of Pokemon. When we last left you, friends, we had beaten Brock, our first gym leader. Yes. We had received the Boulder badge and we are on our way. Yeah, there's not much else to do in this town as of yet. And there's only one other exit. So you know where to go. You are funneled on to Route 3 on your way to Mount Moon. And on the way, there are some uh, Spiros and Jigglypuffs. That's true. I got a Spiro and wanted a Jigglypuff, but could never capture one. I got one and then never used it. Fair enough. Now, Mount Moon is the first cave system you're going to go into. Yes, and I believe this is as far as I ever got on my initial play back in 98 or 99, whenever. And the caves are the most maze-like portion of this game. They're the real exploring kind of, you know, traditional role-playing game areas. Yeah, and in addition to the random encounters, there are trainers in here that you have to look out for. But, you know, most of them, or at least some, you can avoid them if you just don't walk in front of them so they they run out to get you. But I could, could never do it. I want that XP and money. Same. And when you're in the caves, unlike the outside world... Every square is an opportunity for a random encounter. 
Yeah. Not just specific ones like grass or whatnot. Yeah, and this is definitely where I, I gave up and I was like, I have to speed this game up because <laughs> it's like you have to walk all the way back to the town to heal from here. Yeah. Twist tough. And in Mount Moon, you're going to find Clefairies, Geodudes, Paras, Paris. I had one of those. Zubats. Yeah, and the Zubats, which I really like Zubats. I think they look cool. And I really wanted to make it work, but I I pretty quickly gave up on that Pokemon. I was like, yeah. Yes. And I love Geodude, but I greatly dislike every other form after Geodude in the looks department. Yeah, <laughs> they get real crumbly. It's stupider and stupider looking. And I, I mean, I never got Gollum because you have to trade to get it. Same here. But part of me is glad because I really dislike the design of that thing. <laughs> Gollum looks like a rock lord. Remember those GoBots? Yeah, they were the only GoBots I liked. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and so every cave is usually filled with routes you have to go up and down, taking ladders, finding the correct path to mm-hmm. get out to the other side. Definitely. And there's some Team Rocket members here you'll find. there's They have some plot here at Mount Moon. There's always some scheme. Now, let me ask you this. To go to Mount Moon, though, did you have to have the Flash HM? I don't think you need it yet. Okay. Because I know, I know I, in one of the caves you have to. Yes, I, I I remember because I didn't have any electric Pokemon, so I had to go recruit one mm. specifically for that. Now, once you leave the caves, you're on Route 4, and this is an interesting point because this is a point of no return. Yeah, you're on a kind of mountainside cliffy area, and once you fall down after a certain point, you cannot scale back up for a long or you'll never be able to go back this way, but it's going to be a long time before you can make it back to Pewter City. And well, you can actually go back this way uh, with the strength HM. Oh, OK. Yeah, there's a couple boulders, I think, or maybe a cut. There is one way, I think, of getting back through here, mm-hmm. but it is not not accessible for a very long time in the game. And by that point, I think you have fly. So, yeah, yeah. But once you do make it past the point of no return, you are in Carulian City. Cerulean? Corellian. I think it's Corellian. Corellian City. Corellian? <laughs> that's that's Star Wars. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. And somewhere around here, you can trade or get a Jinx, I think? Yeah, someone will trade you for it, I think, but I didn't have whatever they were looking for. No, you have to come back later, and I, yeah. I forgot to do this as well. Now, Jinx is an interesting character because... Its original design is a little problematic. It is kind of based on a reminiscent of blackface. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And they did, uh, as generations went on, they refined its look to make it a little less offensive. I Yeah, yeah. But here in uh, Cerulean City, you are kind of stuck. There's lots of exits, but no way to get to some of them. Yeah, you can see little bushes you're going to have to get cut to go through. There's a bike shop where you can't even buy a bike. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you don't have the money for it. It's crazily expensive. Yes. Really, there's only, I mean, there is a gym, but there's also one exit to the north that you can go, right? Yes. That's your only way out. And I think this is one of the times where old Gary shows up. Yeah. Right? I. Yep. <laughs> it, it would It would make me mad because those usually aren't, they're not always easy battles, you know, and I would frequently be putting off going to the gym and you know i thought i'd mosey on and north and poke around and then nope here he comes and it was like ah crap yeah because you don't see him before he attacks you or no, you know, yeah. challenges you to battle <laughs> he walks in off from off screen you trigger it by walking to a certain area 
He's a, a real turd. Indeed. Now, to the north is routes 24 and 25. I think this is the first time you find Abra, Oddish, and Bellsprout. Yeah, I. this is where I got Oddish, which was one of my favorites. Uh, I like the poison and the stun, so... And the absorb attack, that was part of what I really liked about the Zubat, but it was so weak. But the Oddish seemed to be at least stronger against certain things. And I, I wanted an Abra, but I, I, I never even saw one here. Well, I did. The problem with the Abra is you have to either paralyze it instantly, which I did not have the power to do so. Mm. Or did I? Or you have to catch it instantly the first time you see it or else it teleports out of the battle. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so I rough. spent way longer than I should have trying to get one. And then I got one and I used it for a while until I got my Mr. Mine. Oh, right. Now, at the end of this route or section of routes is the Sea Cottage and yes. the famous Bill, the Pokemon expert. Pokemaniac or something. He He's the yeah, guy who yeah. made the computer storage system. Yes. Well, he has actually been merged with a Pokemon. Yeah. Due to a... The fly style transporter accident. Yes, yeah. And he gives you a ticket to the cruise ship SS Anne. Yeah, which is in what, Vermilion City? It is. And once you leave the cottage and go back to Carulian City, Cerulean, what is it? Carulian. At least I think. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> once you get back to the city that neither of us can probably pronounce correctly, <laughs> Carulian, Cerulean. Man, we're going to make so many people mad with this one little chunk. Sorry, y'all, you out there screaming <laughs> at me. Uh, once you get back there, though, so when you come back, the building blocked by a police officer is now unblocked. I think it's a police officer. And you can leave the city, but it's also a good time to get in that gym and fight your next trainer. Yeah. Misty, star of the cartoon herself. That's right. And yeah. Fan of water type Pokemon. Luckily and, for you, she only has two of them. I mean, they're they're pretty tough, but not when you've got a Pikachu. Well, I didn't, but having a, a Squirtle was okay, too, because their water attacks don't really do much to either. You know, I was just like, all right, use a bunch of potions and slowly beat them down. Tackle away. And she has a star you and a star me. But once you defeat her, you get the Cascade badge and TM11. Which is pretty cool. Now, the badge will make it so any Pokemon up to level 30 will obey you without question. Which I was nowhere near 30 at this point. Hmm. And then you can uh, take the path through that house where a Pokemon is broken through the wall and move on to Route 5, the southern route out of the city. Yeah. And down here, um, there's a Pokemon daycare. Yeah. Where you can leave Pokemon and they'll just level them up for you. Yes. I don't know how this works exactly. The key is you don't choose what abilities it learns when it evolves. Mm -hmm. So I didn't use it. I wouldn't trust them. Not with my no. pokies. Exactly. And in this route, you will find uh, Meowths and Mankeys. Yeah. Or, I mean, you Possibly found Possibly a, <laughs> a Persian and a, a Primate. I did get a Mankey here, but I, I rarely used it. Uh, same. Continue down through Route 6. Yeah, and this is where, once you get down to the bottom, the this is the first of many times where Saffron City can't get to that yet. Mm, so they're... Too thirsty to let you in. Yeah, so you have to take strange. It. What a strange reason. Yeah, big jerks. But so you basically take an underground path under the city, I guess, to come out the other side. Yes. From there, you can head south on Route Six to Vermilion City. And Vermilion City is a city on the water. Of course, it has all of your standard centers, marts. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. there is a trading post here, and there's a Pokemon trader that will trade you a far fetched. 
Yeah, what uh I didn't get this. Did uh did you use a far fetched? No, I did not. I did not at all. Although I think it is my one of my children's favorite Pokemon. It's pretty cool that it uses <laughs> sticks as swords like to Well, I think it's supposed to be like a sprig of like green onion. Oh, okay, okay. And That's... then <laughs> At some point, maybe in the very last game, it finally got another, like a, like a final form, uh, Surfetched. Okay, and It's yeah. like wearing like a suit of armor. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then also in this town is where you find the uh, the old fishing guru. Yeah, he gives you a, an old rod, which is an old fishing rod. And whenever you're at the edge of any water, you can use that rod and try to catch, well, try to engage with a water-type Pokemon. Uh-huh. Well. And once you have, it's just like you encountered one in the wild. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't really go fishing at all, so I was like, I already have a pretty strong water Pokemon, so... I just did it to fill out that Dex. Gotcha. And you can uh, get a bike voucher here. Yes. Very important if you're not cheating your way through the game with four times speed. Mm-hmm. And can you reach the gym now? I think you can. Uh, I think you need the cut. Oh, do you, yes, you do. There is a uh, a little sprig there blocking your path. So to get that cut, you need to go aboard the SSN cruise ship. And luckily you have with you your ticket. Yeah, use that ticket that old Bill gave you. And this it's just full of people to fight. Yeah, it is. It is a dungeon. Uh, Gary is down there. So beware. Lots of good items, though. A rare candy, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but most importantly, you get the once you get to the captain, you can get HM01, which is the cut ability. Indeed, it's a the most commonly used. Yeah, and I, the, at least the first half of the game. See, so yeah, I stuck this on my Oddish right away, and it's actually was, was a decent attack for him. You know, uh-huh. at the time, at the time. But I, I never ran out of space, so I wasn't. But towards the end, I was like, nah, cut. Yeah, but you have cut. You can now cut that little twig down and make it to the next gym, the electric gym. Yeah, with Lieutenant Surge. Yes, he's pretty funny. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. And his crew. Yeah, he's got a lot of cool electric-type Pokemon. Voltorb, Pikachu, Raichu, but if you have a Geodude and or a a Squirtle, this is a pretty easy battle. Yes, indeed. And once you've defeated him, you'll get the Thunder Badge and TM24, which gives you Thunderbolt. can turn you right into General Ross (laughs) of Hulk fame. Now, you have defeated him. You have learned Cut. So what do you do next? Well, the only other exit is to the east, right? For Route 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there is right away on Route 11 is the Diglett's Cave. Yes. And I actually wandered in here and had captured a Diglett. I actually used it against Lieutenant Surge now that I, I remember. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, at the other end of the cave, what does it do for you? I don't remember. Oh, no. This is a shortcut back to under Viridian City. Okay, here's what it is. Once you go down Route 11, you realize that it is blocked. Aha, yes. So you take the Divlet's Cave, and that takes you from Route 11 to Route 2, somewhere, whatever it is. You end up uh, exiting near the Viridian Forest. Yeah, there was that. We passed this much earlier. Mm -hmm. But now that you know how to use Cut, you can do the uh, secret lab behind the Pewter City Museum Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. make your way back over to the city whose name i can't say properly carillion city it's carillion it's got to be carillion and now you can use cut to go to the right from it to route nine and ten yeah and along this route you will find some uh volt orbs sand trues ekans spiros ratatat us 
ratatatas, ratata, ratatatat, ratatouille, ratatouille. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of this route, you will find a tunnel. Yeah, the rock tunnel. This is the one that is pitch black. Yeah, so you got to get flash. And this is where I had to go catch one of those Voltorbs to use it on because none of my other Pokemon could accept it. Got you. And the rock tunnel is a little more confusing than the first cave at Mount Moon. Yeah, it's it's only two floors, but they're chunked up into sections. So you're going down and up and back and forth. And in here, you will find some Onyxes for the first times and Machops. Machops, yeah. I tried using a Machop for a little bit, but it just didn't work out for me. Yeah. Once you've made it through, though, you are in a Lavender Town. Well, you leave the tunnel. One more screen down is Lavender Town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Lavender Town is a strange town. Yeah, there's no gym here, right? There's just the tower. Yes. There's the Pokemon Tower, which is a memorial to all the dead Pokemon in the world. Yeah, which is pretty messed up. <laughs> Mr. Fuji, the head of the Volunteer Pokemon Center has gone missing. Yeah, so, well, you get some clues that, where is it, Celadon City? Keladon? I don't know. Uh, so, yes. where you can get a Sylph scope, so you can use it to see the ghosts? Yeah, if you don't have it, ghosts are just kind of like a weird, fuzzy ghost shape. Yeah. You can't really fight them. Yeah, yeah. So, we need that scope, man. Now, there's also a place in this town where you can get your Pokemon rated, and you can change their name. Pretty sweet, if if you're a namer. Very handy. But basically, you have to leave to the left and take Route 8 on your way to Celadon City. Yeah, so you'll you'll head... Saffron's the... in the way. Yeah, still can't get in there, but you will see, no. like, Vulpix and Growlithe here. Mm -hmm. That's where I picked up mine. Yeah, I, I got the Growlithe, but meh. <laughs> I enjoy... I, my uh, Vulpix was uh, a friend till the end. Oh, yeah. Ninetales rocked it. All, all of my fire needs. Oh, I bet. I'm jealous. Now, since you can't get through Saffron City, you must take a, yet another underground path that will take you across the city to Route 7. Yeah. And this is a, a bigger, this is like a, a city, as they say. Yeah, Celadon City is legit. There are lots of buildings you can go in. But most importantly, in the city is the giant department store. Yeah, which is, what, four, five floors high? Where you yes. can go through, there's all kinds of, you can buy tons of everything you could ever dream of. Including lots of uh, TMs here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, But I, th I think most importantly, of course, <laughs> is you can get some, is this, yeah. The stones? Well, you can get the stones and you can also get soda pop and lemonade and stuff to. The thirst quenchers. Yes, the water to perhaps one of these dry mouth guards at this one of these Saffron City gates will let us through now. Yes, you have to take them a water or a, a lemonade or something along those lines. Now, more importantly, though, than that, which is, that is important, this is where you get your stones, all the ones that level up your creatures. Yeah, yeah. Or evolve them, I mean. I'm sorry. And a Poke doll you need for a quest later on. Might as well pick it up now. There's also a secret door to one of the buildings, the Celadon Mansion. And if you take it, that's where you can find Eevee. Yeah, that, which is one of my biggest regrets is I got Eevee which was decent level for this time. It was like came yep. in at level 25 and I was like, I'll wait to level it up, you know, or something. And then by the time I, I just never, I wish I would have gotten a Jolteon or Flareon or just something. Yeah. You probably could have used a Jolteon for sure. Mm -hmm. There's like a Pokemon casino here. Yeah. You have to talk to a guy who will give you a coin pouch. You then take that coin pouch and then you can get special tokens for it. You have to buy them separately. 
Yeah, and you play like slot machines. I did not mess with this. I did, and I was so mad because it's like it's. I, I feel like it's the real odds of a slot machine. Oh yeah, okay. Like I was not making any money off this thing, and I was like, oh man, I really wanted to get a Porygon uh, because yeah. you win the money you use or win from the slot machine. You can buy items and Pokemon with. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few like the Porygon. I think is you can only get here. Man. Now, sadly, in your version in red, it costs nine 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 nine. Yeah. And in mine, it only costs six thousand five hundred. Not sure what the what that's all about. I don't know, man. but that was still more than I I had to spend at this point. Understandable. Now you do notice a suspicious man in the game center. Yeah. And when you go to investigate, he runs away. Now, if you investigate the area you saw him in, you will find a poster you can push that will take you to the secret area of the game corner. Yeah, and there's like a clue from someone else in town. I think that points you yeah. to that poster. And it turns out that this is actually a secret team rocket operation. They're behind it all. They are. And this is another building that is its own maze kind of situation with stairs that go up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plenty of team rockets to fight throughout here. But really, you need to make it to Giovanni, the head of team rocket. Yeah. And the, there is a little puzzle part where you have that, like, not quite conveyor belts, but yeah, it's like the arrow puzzle thing that's... You know, it's all right. It's not hard, though. That's a good point. No, no. And once you make your way all the way down to the fourth basement is where I think Giovanni's office is. Yeah. And you fight him, and he will give you the Sylph scope. Yeah, which was what you are here for. Now, when you leave here, you do want to take on the gym leader of this town. Erica. Erica. Ooh. But she spells it with a K, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to all you K Eric and Erics out there, Ericas. Now, uh, Erica and her uh, gym is all grass type. So hopefully you have a fire type. I did not. I don't remember what I did here because I don't think I had switched over my Eevee yet. But perhaps I had. The key is if you've been leveling up your main guy, it should have like bite at this point. Mm -hmm. That can tear through lots of things. Well, this is where I was using that Oddish where I'd be like, put him to sleep, cut. Or use the absorb against some of them. And it worked pretty well, but she I has did. a victory bell, a tangela, and a vile plume. And once you defeat her, you get the rainbow badge, which will let you command Pokemon up to level 50. Yeah. And TM21, which you probably should have used because I think that was like a sleepy one, maybe, or a poison one. I, man, I don't know. I, I, one day I'll use these TMs. So now that you have your Sylph Scope, your rainbow badge, Hopefully you picked up one of those pokey dolls, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but go ahead and stick that in your storage because you won't need it for a little bit. You know what you need to do with that self scope. You need to make it back to the Pokemon Tower. You're darn tootin'. And I thought this tower was was a little rough. Yeah, it's it's tough, and it really sold me on capturing a Ghastly, which turned out to be no wait a Haunter. Yes, I, I was able to capture a Haunter here, and it became my go to one of my best Pokemon ever. Yeah, ghosts are a little OP in this game. Yeah, definitely. According There's to my son. The three of them. Well, no one. That This is part of why I was like, I don't want fighting Pokemon because none of your normal type attacks will even hit it. Right. They're just like immune. <laughs> like, it's nice. And this tower has seven floors you have to make your way through. And there are attendants that you must yeah. fight all the way throughout. They, yeah, I don't know. They look kind of like, uh, or no, channelers. Yeah. There's some of them where they're, they're like mysterious, uh, magical people. Yeah. Some of whom maybe have been possessed. 
And meanwhile, you're also going to encounter Ghastlies and mm-hmm. Haunters on your way through here. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought that this is a, I noticed a distinct increase in, in difficulty through this tower. I, I agree. Uh, and luckily, there is a place to heal up like halfway through. Yeah, that makes things a lot better. And then, of course, right near the top, good old Gary. Yeah, that jerk shows up. Yes. You got to fight him. You can take him down. Not too tough. Oh, yeah. And then at the very top, you find Mr. Fuji himself. Yeah. Because the (laughs) self-scope lets you see the ghost that's been causing all this trouble all along. Yeah, so you shut that down, and then he's so happy that he will give you the pokey flute. Which we haven't mentioned. The reason the path was blocked earlier that I mentioned was that a giant Pokemon was asleep there. The Pokemon we all know as Snorlax. Snorlax. It's too large to to move, but this is also useful because if you're in battle, you can use it to just wake up your any anyone of your Pokemon that gets put to sleep. Gotcha. I never uh, had it in my pockets. I didn't the, use what? it a bunch, but I, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Because I, I guess I was more focused on it because I was sleeping the enemies so much. Yeah. And once you leave here, well, you've got that thirst-quenching drink with you. It's time to head on to Saffron City, and we'll pick up that quest next time. All right. Next week, we'll continue to be Pokemon Red and Blue as we get close to the end of our coverage here in Pokemon. Yeah. So if you haven't played this game yet, find a copy in any of the many ways we've talked about it. Sure. It's Go find there. the PDF of the official Nintendo Power Handbook and play along, friends. That's right. And if you know how to say Carillion, Cerulean, you can email it to us, but it doesn't matter because we won't be able to hear it. We can already read it, you silly goose. But do it anyways at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Help us help ourselves. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you can let us know on Twitter at cartcommand or on the Facebooks as cartridgecommand. We love hearing from you folks there and sometimes let you know when new shows drop. Yeah. And of course, we must go out of our way to thank those awesome and wonderful folks that give to us once a month at patreon.com slash cartridgecommand. It is their financial support that makes this show actually happen. Cool cats, one and all. Yes, this is a... Uh, Labor of love that Nick and I do in our spare time, but thanks to the financial support, our hosting fees, our equipment, all that stuff is taken care of, and we can just focus on playing these games and getting these podcasts out to you when we can. That's right. So thank you all very, very much. If you don't give, consider doing so. Even a dollar helps us out. Yeah. So thank you all, and as always, Cartridge Commandos. As always. Game on! Gamalang on along. <laughs> Gamalang a ding dong. All the live long day.